Hey, welcome to the Bible in Life podcast. I am so glad you're joining me on this episode. Here on the podcast, we like to give what I call blue jeans theology. That is theology for everyday life. Bible that's rooted and connected to everyday life. And if you've been listening to the show for a while, man, I'd love to connect with you. Just know who you are. So feel free to message me through Instagram or through Facebook and just shoot me a message. Let me know where you're listening from and where you tune into the show at. And if you're not following me on social media, feel free to swing over to my Instagram page or my Facebook page and follow me there and just become a part of the Bible and Life family. That way I would love to connect with you and, and get to know you a little bit and let you get to know me and understand a little bit more about my background, who I am, and some of that. On last week's episode, we started what I'm kind of calling a loose collection of uh, episodes revolving around a common theme, and that is being a disciple. And what does that mean to be a disciple and discipleship? Just things I've thought about for years on this theme that I think can be immensely helpful to you as you walk with Jesus, follow Jesus, and really live as a disciple of Him. So let's jump in. I was standing in the lobby after preaching one Sunday at the church where I was pastoring. The lobby was quite crowded. There was a lot of people talking and milling about. And, uh, you know, after 15, 20 minutes, it began to kind of clear out and a little bit longer, it cleared out a little bit more. And there was this one particular fellow standing in the lobby who um, had kind of been talking and visiting. And, and as the lobby began to clear out, he made his way to me. It was obvious he had been waiting for things to kind of clear out and he wanted to talk to me about something. And so he had approached me in the lobby after service and he came up to me and really what he wanted to talk to me about was a graphic I had put up on the screen during the sermon that illustrated kind of the stages of growth as a disciple of Jesus from, uh, pre-faith to new faith to young faith, growing faith, and mature faith. And it kind of des described this pathway, which really gave a clear target, clear destination for the growth of a disciple. And so this particular fellow made his way over to me uh, in the lobby, came up to me, and he said, John, can I talk to you? And I said, yeah, I'd love to talk to you. And he said, you know that, that graphic you put up on the screen, and you kind of talked through that today in the message, and I was thinking about that. And it just hit me. I, I've been a Christian for like 10 years, and I would still put myself down in the new or young faith stage, like right at the beginning, because I never knew where I was supposed to go. Did you catch that? I've been a Christian for 10 years, he said, and I would still say I'm like right at the beginning of like the brand new growing stage, because I never knew where I was supposed to go. I never knew what the goal was. I never knew what the destination was. And on this episode, thinking about this idea of discipleship and disciple, I want us to think about where are we supposed to go? Frankly, I think increasingly that the word Christian just is not helpful to us. And that's not because it's a bad word. It's just become so familiar and it's just almost become like static, a Christian. There's somebody who has certain beliefs, and they go to church at least kind of regularly. They're a Christian, and it's really pretty static. And It doesn't have a, a goal. It doesn't have a clear destination. It doesn't point you in a direction. It's just you believe some things, and you go to church pretty regularly. That's it. You're a Christian. And so 
I'm thinking maybe the word disciple actually might be more helpful to us as uh, followers of Jesus than the word Christian, just because the word disciple, when we understand what it means, it points us in a direction. It tells us it's very dynamic, a very active word that really tells us where we're going. And, and it has a very, very clear, compelling goal to it. And so on this episode, I want us to talk about that goal. Like, what does it mean to be a disciple? Um, and so let me read you a passage from Luke chapter 6. Luke 6, let me read you the passage, then we'll kind of talk about it a little bit and set it into context, all right? Luke 6, Jesus is actually uh, preaching. In fact, Luke 6 is Luke's version of the Sermon on the Mount that the well-known, more full version of it is in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Luke 6 is Luke's version of it, and in that sermon, Jesus uses an illustration that uh, is really just assumes the way the disciple-teacher relationship worked in his day and age. Let me read it to you. This is the New American Standard Version. Here's, let me read Luke 6, 39 and 40. And he spoke a parable to them, an illustration, a short little story in the middle of the sermon. And he spoke a parable to them. A blind man cannot guide a blind man, can he? Will they not both fall into a pit? His two rhetorical questions assume answers, right? A blind man can't guide a blind man, can he? Well, of course not. Will, will they not both fall into a pit? Of course they will, right? He assumes the answer. And then he says this, A student or pupil is not above his teacher, but everyone, after he has been fully trained, will be like his teacher. Now, here's what you need to know. The word translated student, or in some translations, pupil, right? Like a student is not above his teacher. That word translated student is the Greek word mathetes, mathetes, which is the word for disciple, right? That's the word for disciple. It's the Greek word that um, normally is translated disciple. It would help if they would translate that way here, because if you put this little illustration in the context of the whole sermon, Jesus has just appointed 12 of his disciples to be apostles. So you have them in the crowd, this text tells us early on, before Jesus starts preaching. And then you have his other disciples gathered around him. And then you have a crowd of people, too, that have showed up to hear Jesus teach and to see him perform miracles and maybe to reap the benefit of some of his miracles. So you have this whole crowd that includes just a crowd of people, disciples, and disciples who have been appointed apostles. And if we could translate verse 40 as disciple, we would keep the connection with the situation going on. Jesus is talking to disciples, or would-be disciples, about what it means to be a disciple and what it means to really follow him. That's the larger context of this whole situation. And he's really been laying out for them a picture of really the life that is available to them as disciples of Jesus. And it's in that context, he says, a disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, every disciple in other words, after he or she is fully trained, will be like his teacher. And that verse, Luke 6, verse 40, that verse just assumes the way a disciple-rabbi relationship worked in Jesus' day. And it's very different than the way it works in our day. Uh, in Jesus' day, 
the whole idea of a rabbi-disciple relationship was, that word relationship is key. It was a relationship. The uh, rabbi and the disciple didn't just like sit in a classroom. They entered into a relationship. In fact, as young Jewish men usually, is the way it worked, passed through the edu educational system of their day, some would distinguish themselves as very capable and devoted students. And then at the appropriate age, some of these more outstanding students would request permission to study with a rabbi as his Talmud in Hebrew or Mathetes in Greek, as his disciple. And so they would request permission and then the rabbi would either grant them permission or deny them permission. If they were granted the permission, they would become a Talmud, a Mathetes, a disciple of that rabbi, and they would then enter into relationship with him to follow him and learn from him to learn his understanding in their context of the Torah, God's instruction, and how he interpreted and not only how he understood it, but even how he lived that out in his life with the ultimate goal that they someday would become hopefully a rabbi who had their own Talmudim, their own disciples that they then would become a rabbi for who they could form. And so the way an entire disciple-rabbi relationship worked, the entire assumption of it is what Jesus says here in Luke chapter 640, that the goal was for the, the disciple to become like the rabbi, to become what the teacher or the rabbi was. And so disciples were passionately devoted to their rabbi in Jesus' day. That's very unlike the student-teacher relationship in our day and age, right? Like students and teachers in our day and age, it's just different. We just have different assumptions, different expectations. So think about a student. Where do you see that student in our cultural context? Where is the student? He's in the classroom, right? She's in the classroom. Where are they sitting in the classroom? Usually at desks in rows. Where's the teacher? Teacher's up front, and he's got the whiteboard or the chalkboard up on the wall, and he's writing notes from his instructions up on the whiteboard. What's the goal? Well, the students are sitting in their desk, and they're taking notes as the teacher lectures and explains things. They're writing things down and taking notes, and the goal is what? The goal is for them to master the information so they can put it on a test, so they can demonstrate that they know what the teacher told them they need to know. That's the goal. Uh, and if it's in a, say, a high school or a college context, the goal is to do that so that you can graduate, so that you can get your degree and move on. It is highly unusual, highly exceptional for a, a student to actually want to be just like their teacher and want to actually enter into a relationship with him where they could get to know the teacher so that they can become like him because they want to imitate his way of life. That's just not our goal. Our goal is to know what the teacher knows. In Jesus' day and age, the whole goal was for the disciple to become what the rabbi was, become what the teacher was. So Luke chapter 640, a disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone after he has been fully trained will be like his teacher. That's 
the way it worked in Jesus' day and age. That's essentially what it means to be a disciple. A disciple, the goal of it is clear and concrete. It's to become like his teacher. Uh, this quote from Dallas Willard, I think, is really, really helpful in just reminding us that that's a clear, concrete thing, right? Like Dallas Willard says this. He says, being a disciple or another way to say it, an apprentice of Jesus, is a definite and obvious kind of thing. To make a mystery of it is to misunderstand it. It's not a mystery. It's not vague or shadowy. It's definite, Dallas says, and obvious. Why is it definite and obvious? Well, because it means you've entered into a relationship with a particular master teacher, in our case, Jesus, with the goal of learning how to be like him. That's just the way it works. And that's really what Jesus is describing in Luke chapter 6. This grand portrayal, Luke's version of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is really imparting to his disciples and then the would-be disciples in the crowd, here's his vision of life. Here's the way life is supposed to work. Here's what you're going to be like if you enter into a discipleship relationship with Jesus. He's really portraying the kind of life that he has for them. And in that context, Jesus' short little illustration really uh, has two questions that derive from it, all right? Here's the first question. Who are you following? Who are you following in life? And number two, are you a blind guide, right? Like that little illustration says a, uh, a blind guide a blind man cannot guide a blind man, can he? Won't they both fall into a pit? So who are you following or are you a blind guy? Depending on the nature of the relationship, Jesus' little illustration really in, entails or involves those two questions. Let's start with the first one. Who are you following? Like every single one of us is a disciple of somebody, usually a lot of somebody's in life. Um, there's a lot of people who we learn from and we imitate and we glean things from and we like the way they do things or maybe they're important in our vocation, our workplace, and so we learn some things from how they do things, right? Like there's lots of somebodies, but ultimately when it comes to like your the entire goal of your life, the entire like philosophy of your life, the worldview of your life, the aim of your life, who are you following? See, what Jesus is saying in the simple little illustration of Luke 6 is disciples become like their rabbi. Disciples become like their master. And so, who are you really becoming like? Another way to say it is this. Discipleship, this is really important, catch this. Discipleship entails imitation. Discipleship entails imitation. You're imitating somebody as a disciple. You're becoming like them. Um, so who, in the context of your whole life, are you imitating? That is, who are you learning how to do life from? See, one assumption of being a disciple of Jesus is that Jesus actually knows how to do life. 
that Jesus is actually smart. If you're going to be a real disciple of Jesus, that means you're going to just believe Jesus is smart. He knows what he's talking about. In fact, it's a fair thing to say that in any single room with a gathering of people, Jesus is the smartest person in any room, in every room. Every room you walk into, Jesus is the smartest person in that room. It doesn't matter how many brilliant scholars are in the room. It doesn't matter how many PhD holding, right? Like, doesn't matter how many brilliant people are in that room. Jesus is the smartest person in every room. He's actually smart. And he's specifically smart about life and how life is supposed to work. And so that means he has the best advice for life. And so if we're going to be his dis disciple, we just believe that. We just assumed that. That's actually what it means to have faith in Jesus. It means we just have confidence in him. We trust what he says. And so we want to listen to him. And we want to begin to put into practice what he says and what he does because we just have confidence in him. We just believe he, he's smart. He knows what he's talking about. That's the assumption of a disciple. And so discipleship entails imitation. In our case, if we're going to be disciples of Jesus, it means we want to imitate Jesus. We want to become like him. And that's because we have confidence in him. We just believe he knows what he's talking about. And so we may not be very good at it, especially at first, right? Like to be a disciple doesn't mean you're an expert at it yet. It just means you've attached yourself to this rabbi because you want to be you want to be like him eventually, someday. So we, we may not be very good at it at first, but we believe he's correct. And so we begin to do what he teaches. We begin to imitate what he models. And in our case, as disciples of Jesus, we just believe that's the way it is. Jesus is right. He knows what he's talking about. So we begin to do what he says. And with the help of the Spirit, we, we put it into practice. And then we get better at it as we go, and it gets more second nature. We learn how to do it. We understand more what he's talking about. We understand even more why he's talking about it, and it just becomes a little more routine, a little more customary, a little more regular. We're imitating him. We're doing what he says, and thus we are becoming like him. That's the goal of being a disciple, is to become like Jesus. That is the clear, obvious, definite goal of being a disciple. And that, frankly, is why I think the word disciple is so much more important and so much more powerful and maybe should be the word we use much more often than the word Christian. The word Christian doesn't have that goal to it. It doesn't have that direction to it. It doesn't have that intent, that dynamism to it that says, I'm attached to Jesus because I want to become like him. Right? Like, that's the goal. You, you hear this in the writings of the Apostle Paul when he says, for example, to, like, to the Galatians, like, I just, I'm in labor all over again until Christ is formed in you. I mean, that, that's testifying to the goal. What Paul is saying is, my ministry, the heart of it, is trying to help Christ be formed in you. You're disciples of Jesus, and I want that to be worked through your being so that from the inside out, you're just like him. You love what he loves. You want what he wants. You desire what he desires, right? You will what he wills, and that shows up in the fruit of your life. You're just like him. You're just like him. So the fruit of your life is like that. That's really what's being said in the well-known fruit of the Spirit. As the Spirit of Jesus leads our life and we, we do life in partnership with God by the Spirit, then, then the, the fruit is really describing the insides of our life that is like Jesus. Like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. 
the insides of our life have been formed like that so that the outsides of our life just bears good fruit. We're just a good tree. In fact, that's where Jesus actually goes in Luke chapter 6. The next illustration he gives after this uh, one about the disciple becoming like his teacher is he says, there is no good tree which produces bad fruit, nor on the other hand, a bad tree which produces good fruit. Every tree is known by its fruit. Men don't gather figs from thorns, nor do they pick grapes from a briar bush, right? The good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth what is good. And the evil man, out of the evil treasure, brings forth what is evil. Like, the goal is to become a good tree that produces good fruit. That's what being a disciple of Jesus is all about. So, who are you following in your life? Who are you imitating? Who are you learning what life is all about from? Whose advice on life are you listening to? Who do you believe really knows how to do life? Disciples of Jesus believe the answer to those questions is Jesus, and they want to imitate him. They want to become like him. Now, the second question we said that, that derives from Jesus' illustration is, are you a blind guide? Like, disciples become like their master. Remember, Jesus has his newly appointed apostles in this crowd that he's teaching. And part of what he's saying here at this little section of Luke chapter 6, when he says a blind man cannot lead a blind man, can he? He can, you know, can't be guided by a blind person. So don't be a blind guide. Based on who you listen to in life and who you follow from, Jesus is saying you're either blind or you're not. You really know what life is about or you don't. A blind man cannot guide a blind man. You Are you a blind guide or not? And see, that's what we're getting at here with being disciples is this, is that the most important ingredient to making disciples is who you are. See, the mission Jesus gave us gave his people is go and make disciples we talked about that in last week's episode go and make disciples that is the mission of god's people to make disciples disciples make disciples that's just what happens right well depending on who you follow depending on who you're imitating jesus is saying you could be a blind guide well that has a lot to do with your character and that's why he actually in this context tells us to take this the log out of our eye, like have honest self-assessment. Who are we really so that we actually aren't blind to what life is all about, to our shortcomings and our faults. Let's really be formed after Jesus so we're not a blind guide. Because the most important part of being or of making disciples is who you are. If disciples become like their teacher, then being like Christ is critical for carrying out our mission. Let me say that again. If disciples become like their teacher, then being like Christ is critical for carrying out our mission. In other words, would somebody be more like Jesus if they became like you? Would somebody be more like Jesus if they became like you? See, the goal of discipleship is for us to become like Jesus. And the more we do that, then the more we can pass on Jesus to others, the more we can say with the Apostle Paul, imitate me as I imitate Christ, because becoming like us would help them become like Jesus. So the goal of discipleship is to become like Jesus from the inside out. Now, before we wrap this up, could I just speak real quickly to the pastors for a second? Like, 
if this is the ultimate goal of discipleship, then this must be the aim of everything a church does. Like, if the goal is to help people become disciples of Jesus so that they learn from Jesus and become like Jesus, then the aim of everything that a church does ought to be making disciples like this, who in turn then can make other disciples like this. So how do we as pastors, how do we in our churches move someone from not being like Jesus to becoming like Jesus? Do we have a clear path to help them do that? Do we intentionally move people down that path? Do the activities and the programming and the strategies and the resources move people from barely knowing about Jesus, to learning more about Jesus, to becoming increasingly like Jesus, to being the kind of person who helps other people become like Jesus. Do we move people down a path like that? That, in fact, is why I created my discipleship coaching program for churches, is because I want to help churches think that through and figure that out, because this is the goal. This is our mission, make disciples. And the goal of that is to help people who really are, have confidence in Jesus enough to imitate him, to learn from him, and then to turn around and help other people do the same and make more and more disciples. And so, man, do, do we as pastors and as churches, do we really do this? Or are we leaving people in the same situation that that guy in the lobby uh, on that one Sunday at church was in, where he came to me and was like, I've been a Christian for 10 years and I would put myself still at the brand new stage because I didn't know where I was supposed to go. Let's not be churches like that. Let's be churches that actually help people become genuine, real disciples of Jesus who are learning from him how to live life his way so that they in turn can pass that on to others, to their own kids and their own family, to their co-workers, to their neighbors, to their uh, friends in church and all that so that together we're increasingly becoming like Christ so that Christ, as Paul says, can be formed in us. All right, thanks for tuning into this episode of the Bible and Life podcast. I pray it's helpful to you as you seek to follow Jesus. Remember, this is a listener-supported show, and we're about 50-55% funded for the year. And so if you want to support this show, you can do so either through World Family Mission or through my Patreon page. If you do so through my Patreon page, you get bonus podcasts and bonus resources as well. So I'll put the links to those down in the notes below. And I look forward to talking to you again next week. God bless, and we'll talk again soon.